So this summer there's going to be a Baby Yoda cereal. Ask how they came up with the idea. Baby Yoda said, financial trouble Disney is in. That's pretty funny. And what was that Disney report we had earlier? Their revenue was down. Uh, profits down 91%. 91% year Holy to year. Man. With the, wow. the parks only closed for a little more than two weeks during that quarter. And this next quarter, they're likely to be closed the entire three months. Certainly longer than the two weeks of that quarter. Yeah. Woof. If there's one place on Earth that's not socially distanced, it's Disneyland. Disney World, Epcot Center, all their properties... I don't go to them because there's so much humanity. I can't stand it. I've never been. It's um, my well, kids want to go. As my I son hate, says, all my friends have gone. I hate to sound like the guy who bitches about Burning Man changing or whatever. Back when you could buy your way to the front of the line, it was good. <laughs> now I wouldn't go. <laughs> you can't. You can't buy your way to the front of the line anymore. No, they have, uh, you can kind of check in and get ride reservation time. So you do like an initial lap, you check in on the things, then you just go back around and you hit all the rides. And you, it, 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 there's a lot less line waiting. Uh, it was that way at That's Legoland, it. which was helpful, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of running around. Yeah, you're still trying to schedule and yeah. keep appointments with kids at a place where there's Goofy and Pluto running around, which isn't always easy, but yeah. Legoland, fun place, but their their zoning laws are insane. I mean, for instance, a building made of Legos in an earthquake is a death trap. I don't I don't understand how Legoland gets away with it. But you know, at least they don't have doctors plunging out of windows like in Russia. <laughs> so listen, this uh, uh, the Michael Flynn thing, the Carter Page deal, James Comey, Strzok, and Page. Any of this ring a bell? Uh, no. Collusion gate. Don't remember any of this. <laughs> well, it would be truly a sad thing if indeed some of the accusations against James Comey and uh, and Strzok and Page and, and company, if they were as bad actors as they seem to be, if we just sweep this under the rug because of uh, Chairman Xi's Chinese bat fever, that would be a terrible moment in American justice. And James Galliano, who was in the FBI for 25 years, and, um, well, he, he writes for the Washington Examiner. He's actually, oddly enough, a, a CNN consultant, too. He appears there now and again. But he says uh, in the Washington Examiner, in an opinion piece, that he has been giving his former agency, the FBI, um, a great deal of the benefit of the doubt. Uh, because, you know, pride in being an FBI guy and because they are very careful and the vast majority of people at the FBI are honorable. Um, but then he writes, uh, the time has come to cease affording the FBI's crossfire hurricane team generous benefit of the doubt. A steady stream of unflattering revelations, uh, beginning with the Justice Department Inspector General thing, the FISA court last December has relentlessly pounded the reputation of my former agency. Now further irrefutable proof emerges that a small cabal of FBI headquarters decision makers was hell-bent on undoing a presidency. I know it sounds strange to hear me make such an accusation. I'm a guy who's long attempted to thread the needle, accounting for honest human frailties, trusting that mistakes should not always be chalked up to malice or sinister intent. Cautious skepticism was a default mindset that served me well over, across a quarter century as an FBI investigator. That condition failed me here because one thing is clear. Michael Finn, Flynn got railroaded. And he goes into a fair amount of detail about uh, Flynn pleading guilty to essentially lying to a federal agent. Uh, he calls it an eye 
eye-popping and clear-cut case of investigative inconsistencies and partisan political bias. Talks about the FBI notes that showed a concerted effort by James Comey's team to set Flynn up. And he goes into some stuff I hadn't heard. Um, You know, we heard the whole, what's our goal? Truth admission or to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. As if the FBI getting people fired... Is, has ever been a thing. I've seen that presented another way. So it was a memo from some FBI agent that hasn't been named, I, I think is correct. We don't know Although who the individual was. those who knew the people involved and they see the initials used and stuff have a pretty good idea. But yeah, go on. but the, the person isn't a face yet. Right. Um, but in their notes they wrote, can you read that again? Yeah. What's our goal? Truth slash admission to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired? Which if is we get him to admit to breaking the Logan Act, give facts to DOJ and have them decide. Or if he initially lies, then we present him redacted and he admits it, document for DOJ, let them decide how to address it. That's horrifying no matter how you look at it, but some, some people are saying that that particular agent might have been saying, what's our goal here, to get him fired? Like, what are we doing here? Mm. As opposed to... But but even if that's the case, that means his higher ups. He was questioning, you know, what what are we what are we doing? We're trying to come up with stuff to get him to lie to get him fired. That's right. not what we're supposed to do. Or it might have been the more malicious, you know, what are we trying to do? Get him fired or just to uh, get him thrown in jail? Either way, it's bad. Well, and Galliano goes on to write, since the FBI was already in possession of the transcript of Flynn's telephone call with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak, what exactly was to be gained by the interview? Nothing except the potential to jam him up and get him removed as National Security Advisor. And since when is the FBI ever in that business? It was never going to charge him for violations of the Logan Act. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Even Comey once believed Flynn not to have misrepresented facts to the FBI. The former director... Uh, who enjoys a cozy relationship with the Washington Post, was awarded two Pinocchios by the fact-checker after a denial with uh, Brett Baer, who asked him if he'd ever told lawmakers that FBI agents did not believe Michael Flynn was lying intentionally to investigate, because he did say that. The problem, and then, well, Go ahead. The problem with this is it breaks down the way these things always do. Flynn was a Trump guy, so people make it about, so you're supporting Flynn. Well, you don't have to be supporting uh, General Flynn to be to to think the FBI situation was really hinky when they went and met him there in the White House and and caught him in a perjury trap. He did lie to the vice president for some reason. He did do something weird with Turkey that he shouldn't have been doing. So he's not necessarily, you know, maybe a good dude. That's got nothing to do with it. It's not a pro-Trump or not. The FBI shouldn't be in the business of these perjury traps. Now, I know some of you say, well, if you lie, you lie. Shouldn't have lied then. But they're not supposed to be in the business, though, of trying to catch you in lies. Um, you and James Galliano are reading each other's minds, Jack. He uh, throws in the line to borrow a line from comedian Jeff Foxworthy. If this doesn't bother you, you might be a party over country partisan. Mm. But getting back to it, you remember how Comey smugly recounted personally sending Strzok and an FBI supervisor or special agent to meet with Flynn. The tactic was, Comey said, something I probably wouldn't have gotten done or gotten away with in a more organized administration. The word smug should have a little trademark down at the bottom, exclusively used for James Comey. I mean, that word should only be applied to him from here on out. He is the definition of smug. Right. Oh, my God. But now, here's the part I hadn't heard before that really got me attention. So... 
the and and Galliano is a former FBI guy says this infuriated him. The Flynn interview notes appear to have been manipulated by both Strzok and Page. The supervisor guy who I didn't name his name's Pientka was apparently the note taker. Now, consistent with FBI protocols, Strzok is a party to the interview, can certainly discuss recollections with Pienka prior to the final document being approved by both. But somehow, Lisa Page, the DOJ who, attorney who is not present at the interview and was not an FBI agent, was involved in the edits. Strzok advises Page in a newly released batch of text exchanges between the two. Why they keep releasing no. them in chunks, I do not know. How has that question not been answered yet? Uh, Devin Nunez was asking that. Why do these things keep coming out? Who's holding on to them and for what reason? Right. So Strzok advises Page in these newly released texts that he's not trying to completely rewrite the FD-302, the uh, the notes, so as to save somebody's voice. The redacted name is most likely Pienka. So Strzok wants the document to appear to be voiced by the other agent, but only after he and Page can craft the words to make Flynn appear guilty of lying to the FBI. As FBI retired agent Thomas Baker pointed out in the Wall Street Journal, worse still, the FD-302 that was eventually provided to the court wasn't that of the agent's interview of Mr. Flynn. It was instead an FD-302 of an interview of Mr. Strzok, conducted months later about his recollections of the original interview, which is truly bizarre. Um, and he goes he goes on and on. There's a great deal more uh, information here. But it seems utterly clear that, and listen, if I was going to be um, charitable, I would say Strzok and, and Comey and McCabe and that whole cabal of guys was convinced that Trump was sweet on the Russians or something. Right. And they thought, oh, right. my God, this right. is a national emergency. Flynn's in on it. He talked to Kislyak. we gotta, we got to get rid of these guys. we got to ruin these guys. we gotta, we got to do something. And so they decided that, you know, in, in classic progressive style, we're going to suspend the rules in the same way like the New York Times has said, the regular rules of journalism don't apply because we're part of the resistance. Well, they suspended the rules and framed up Michael Flynn. Well, and the reason liberals should be bothered by this, one, is liberals are supposed to be against the FBI in general. But two, what about a time coming where uh, the current sitting Republican president believes the incoming Barack Obama, you know, is a secret Muslim? And so they feel like the FBI can just do whatever they want to do to spy on whoever and frame whoever because they're just certain that he's a secret Muslim from another country. Right. Right. You don't want that. Final note, Trey Gowdy sarcastically uh, describing the stark differences between the hyper-aggressive tactics against Flynn and the ludicrous preconditions for the FBI uh, interview of Hillary Clinton in 2016. This is Trey, Trey Gowdy now. She had a medium-sized law firm in the room with her. They gave the questions to her lawyer before they interviewed her, and they most assuredly told her there's a consequence for lying, none of which they did for Michael Flynn. So again, Galliano asks, why did the same crew of FBI investigators handle these two consequential investigations of political candidates in very different fashions, if not for the rather obvious injection of political bias in decision-making? It's a question that answers itself, right? um, as they say. Self-evident. Coming up, there's something worse to worry about than murder hornets. (laughs) Oh, great. You didn't think that was possible, did you? Um, uh, what was the other thing I want to mention? Swarms of flying rattlesnakes. Oh, shark natos. Another example of how far uh, Hollywood's willing to go to keep the Chinese happy, among other oh, things, boy. on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
believe him when he says it didn't happen. Uh, but I also believe him when he says, let them in, uh, look into the records. Uh, and that's what they should do. But I'm not going to answer this question again. I uh, I like that. I'm not answering that question again about the whole Joe Biden thing. I've answered it. I'm not asking it again. That's on the heels of last week when she said, I don't need a lecture from you. Right, so, when uh, somebody said, hey, your reaction to this is completely different from Kavanaugh. I don't need a lecture from you. Not exactly the tone everybody was taking when really unsourced accusations were coming at a Supreme Court justice, but whatever. So don't mess with me. Yeah, so so this is what happens when the guardians of your party are all 80. <laughs> uh, by they the way, cranky. somebody really liked it when earlier in the show, Tim Sandifer, Tim the Lawyer, said, nihilistic stew of hatred. Oh, yeah. Keep enjoying the NSSH. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I, was a good I, phrase. I tweeted that to Tim, and he said he actually uh, door dashed that last night, and it was delicious. <laughs> nihilistic stew of hatred. If you missed, I hope he tipped his delivery driver. <laughs> if you missed Tim dismantling the 1619 Project, <coughs> which just won the Pulitzer Prize. Boo! Uh, check out our podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, I'm going to call it the Pulitzer Prize from now oh, on. Oh, I as, like as it. A, as a childish protest against the that organization becoming completely in the bag for social justice crap. The crap prize is what <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a little heavy-handed, but... Um, <laughs> I like this. I got stung by a weird hornet back in January, so I've probably already had murder hornets. <laughs> I thought that was funny. and That uh, is funny. I saw... <laughs> I saw the map of sightings in Washington State. It's uh, not pleasing. Man. The thing appears to have spread a little bit. Man, are my kids into the murder hornets. I'm telling oh, you. Boy. I got the perfect age and sex humans in my house to be into murder. An 8- and 10-year-old boy. Please, uh, fire can. ants, killer bees, right up their alley. Murder hornets. Sharks, um, Right. Uh, Ian Bremer tweeted, murder hornets. How about this? Astronomers have found a black hole just a thousand light years away, which in cosmic terms is almost on our doorstep, according mm-hmm. to the Atlantic. So a black hole is going to suck us up before the murder hornets squirting coronavirus at you can ever get a hold of you. So. As uh, as the sweet meteor of death is bearing down on Earth, we'll be jerked out of our, our, our orbit by the local black hole. That'll be ironic. Smod swings and misses. L.A. Times has a story out today. Reopening Los Angeles will be slow as coronavirus cases and deaths keep mounting. So Wait a minute. That's interesting. As well, yeah, the- L.A. Is, is really the only county... In California, that has what could be described as a current problem. Yeah. I mean, there's a small problem elsewhere, but the numbers are incredibly low. Yeah, we were reporting other parts of uh, California where counties are opening up, malls are opening up. All across the country, by the way, 85% of Starbucks are expected to be open by Friday. Mm. I hadn't heard that, so they're going to be back in biz. You know what? I wish people were, or or charts, websites, papers were better at... um, Danny, 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 we have your mocha, David, but yeah, I ordered a mocha. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, for instance, I'm looking at uh, L.A. County, 1,314 deaths. That's absolutely tragic. But I've been looking at those numbers for a long time, and I don't think it's budged much. I I, got to find the, the current list. I mean, give me the last week. Ventura County, 19. It's been in the teens now for a month. 
So, and, and, you know, Gavin Newsom griping and whining and barking out orders to these rural counties that have had zero to four deaths through this whole thing. And they're, you know, hundreds of square miles saying, you're making a mistake letting people get a haircut I wonder what's, or going to the store. I wonder what Starbucks is using for their reason for opening. Do they have any special science that allowed them to open? Or I guess it's business. Just thought they could get away with it? Just thought that maybe the mood had changed enough that they could open up and not get well, a backlash. They, they also probably have the capital to throw at things like the that I'm I'm referring to as the gated community aspect of of things that don't actually protect anybody but make people feel safer. I think I, so. The equivalent of like post nine eleven of now we all have to take our shoes off. I think the thing the equivalent mm. of that for this is people are going to have to take the the forehead temperature checks before going That's into pretty businesses. Good. Getting your forehead temperature will be the taking your shoes off. Of the coronavirus. That's a good one. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He was sitting on the front edge of the seat so that he could reach the brake pedal to keep the car stopped while I was standing there. And I helped him get the car into park. A five-year-old got pulled over driving his parents' car and yeah. uh, told the uh, policeman that he was going to buy a Lamborghini. Right. He was That's unhappy. So he decided to hit the road and go get him an Italian sports car for $3. There you go. <laughs> Which uh, I've never attempted to finance one of those fine automobiles, but... Or $300 million, $100. Could have been that much. If you're a five-year-old. <laughs> Three gazillion. Um, cute story. As long as it turns out of him not killing himself or anybody else. Well, yeah, no kidding. Which is by far the most likely outcome. Um, get back to the USA Today chart here in just a second, because I didn't finish the poll. But uh, Ted Cruz was on... Tucker Carlson last night, bearded Ted Cruz, uh, and complaining about China and their influence over Hollywood, reminding me of one story and informing me of another example of Hollywood bending to what China wants, which is kind of interesting given the fact that China has slaves and whatnot. Hollywood's supposed to be anti-slavery. Concentration Um, camps, the rest of it. Remember when we did the story that the the remake of Top Gun, is that a remake or it's it's a sequel? No, sequel. The sequel to Top Gun, the movie, they took a couple of the patches off of Tom Cruise's jacket because they were going to be offensive to China. There was some sort of Taiwanese flag and yeah. a Japanese flag, both removed from Tom Cruise's jacket from the original movie because China would be unhappy with that. Even more amazing, I hadn't heard this one before, several of the scenes that get into... Freddie Mercury being gay in the Queen movie were removed because China doesn't dig the whole gay thing. Now, that one is extraordinary, obviously, because Hollywood lectures us and has been lecturing us about gay rights at every award show and every turn for decades. It's as if they're flaming hypocrites. But if there's money on the line, no, you'll just erase a crucial part of the story of one of your heroes from a biopic really rendering it almost ludicrous as a, as a story about a guy's life, since that was such an important part of it. He died of AIDS, you know. 
right. um, eliminating the, uh, so much of the gay part of it to make China happy. It's just yeah. incredible. On yep. the other hand, if I ran the business and uh, bean counters came to me and said, well, we can make $50 million or we can make $500 million by taking out this one-minute scene, what would you do? Well, uh, yeah. Well, I'll just tell you this. And that's uh, it's a fine point if you're in the business of selling movies to people to watch. And they got 1.4 billion people over there. It just makes sense. On the other hand, we've all had experiences in life where we were doing business or had to associate with people that we found somewhat loathsome. And it generally doesn't leave you feeling great about yourself or just, you know, feeling good at all. I haven't even read this story in USA Today. I just noticed it's on the front page, uh, USA Today today. Pandemic fallout, a new Cold War, U.S.-China tensions. If we're not in a Cold War, we should be. I'm going to be disappointed if we're not. If we're not, we're not taking it seriously enough. They're in a war. I hope we are, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, how this evolves, it's yet another question mark of this whole thing. Will, you know, we come up with a vaccine that works, and, and let's hope this stupid thing isn't mutating like some scientists think it is. And then, you know, a year and a half from now, we're just so completely back to normal. It'd be like the impeachment. I have to keep reminding myself that happened because it had zero effect on anything. The, Just a distant memory. It, could it be this will be like that again? Uh, I don't know. I doubt it. But The hosts of The View yesterday announced they are satisfied with uh, Joe Biden's answers about the sexual assault claim. Ah, and, that uh, settles that. Hold on, checking. No, no, I didn't care about that. <laughs> huh. Well, what do you know? Interesting. <laughs> Well, good for them. I'm glad they uh, they came to a conclusion. That's actually so. What they think about it just doesn't really have that much of an impact on you. Wait, the double checking and nope, nope, not a didn't didn't move it a bit. There's a squirrel running through my backyard. Maybe I'll ask it what it thinks. So we're talking about this poll in USA Today, which is somewhat surprising to me that more people are worried about the coronavirus than the financial hardship out of the coronavirus. Um. But even more interesting than that is the number of people who are not at all concerned about either. Um, so you ha- yeah, your choices were very, somewhat, not too, and not at all worried. Very worried, somewhat worried, not too worried, not at all worried. And for uh, COVID-19, you got 12% that are very worried. I'm not very worried. Uh, for vin- financial hardship, it's only 17%. Boy, I don't know if I'm very worried, but I'm more than somewhat. I wish there was something in between those two. Um, I'm definitely concerned. I think it has life, life goal changing implications. Absolutely. What has happened? Oh like yeah. What your plans were for retirement, college for your kids, what your where you can afford to live may have been altered by this. Sure. Well, even marriage, family. I mean, what, what if you're about to go off to college? What what's college even going to be? Nobody knows, and it's May. Anyway, not too worried about contracting COVID. 33% financial hardship, also 33%. So a third that are not too worried about either. And then 10% not at all worried about COVID-19. And 18% not at all worried about financial hardship. Who are you people? To quote Jerry Seinfeld. I could see if people were thinking strictly about themselves. They were thinking, you know, short to medium term. Their business is fine. They're like in construction in a place that never shut down construction. Things are fine. I guess I get that. Okay. I mean, if you think about the economy at large, though, and you really have to. I mean, you have to if you're smart. 
Um, I don't understand how you cannot be worried. But Well, it, if a business goes away, isn't that just an opportunity for another business? Like, that, that store isn't going to go away infinitely. The store that was there and maybe there successfully for 20 years is going away. Right. But there's well, another a, store a that store can take its is, place. A store is merely the meeting of supply and demand, but uh, it, it will take time. And the people who worked at that store won't necessarily immediately find similar employment. They might not be qualified or, or who knows, maybe a super giant store that's already got plenty of um, employees will take up that slack. You just don't know. Nobody knows. We'll have to find out together. Won't that be exciting? Well, obviously, they're not always replaced. There are strip malls. Everywhere I go, I go to strip malls where there used to be a store when I used to go there, and there haven't been for years, like ever since the Great Recession. So sometimes mm-hmm. they go away and just the economic conditions change. Now, that might have to do with strip malls. People buy in a different way. Um, people are still buying that, this, some of the stuff that was in those strip malls, but they're buying it on Amazon, Amazon or Target.com instead of going to a store now. If I may borrow the uh, the Reddit kind of theme, am I the jerk for assuming that companies should have six months emergency spending cash on hand or whatever these whatever the negs are that hit me and my contemporaries for why we haven't bought a house yet. Maybe these companies should have bought less Starbucks every week. Did they ever think about that? No. What did they that, do with that the, the gigantic tax break that they got last year? Did you buy back stock or did you put stuff away for a time I, like this? I, I fully get that. I think there are a lot of companies that operated like like a lot of a lot of households. Um not prepared for a rainy day. Right, yeah. I, I want to differentiate, though, between small business, though, and companies that can, to quote a certain commentator, buy back their stock. Um, you know, right. there ain't that's, no stock. That's fair. That's fair. I'm, Jim's, I was thinking. Jim, and, and that's, Jim's Muffin Hut is not buying back his stock. And that's probably a, a, a failure on my percep, perception of what I think about when I hear discussions of the economy. I, right. I often think of publicly traded companies, which is is only a fraction of it. Most small businesses, which are truly the backbone of the American economy and, and our greatest employers, are barely get by. The idea, and, and usually the owners live fairly modestly as they grow the business, the idea being to sell it someday or pass it on to their children or what have you. Um, the idea that... Um, you know, small business owners are Mr. Moneybags or, or Scrooge McDuck, you know, <laughs> rolling around in gold coins is, is ludicrous. Uh, you know, you bust your ass just to keep it above water. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> I got it. So, somebody who runs a small business, tell us. You you heard our conversation. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. We'll read some of your texts and what you think about that situation. Um, A lot of people, uh, I don't know who mentioned that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice currently in the hospital, has a bladder problem. It's not her peeing bladder. It's her gallbladder. Yeah. Is uh, why she's in there. She's got a lot of gall. Not the urinary bladder, it's your gallbladder. Um, How many bladders is enough for her? She is a uh, very old woman, though, and she's been in the hospital a lot, and she's had cancer four times. So I think anytime she's in the hospital, it's not unreasonable for the press to comment on it quite a bit. But she did do oral arguments from the hospital today. There you go. Nothing slows her down. Uh, we'll check out some of those texts when we come back. I'm sure we'll get some. Running a small business. Well, for instance, if you go away, will somebody else take your spot or not? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
someone else this whole time. We've been stocking up on toilet paper. We really should have been stocking up on Wendy's triple cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Is they're running out of meat. Um, this is what you're about to hear. This is what it's like to help parents with tech over the phone. Have you Googled it? Have you Googled it? Have you Googled it? Have you Googled it? I don't know your password. How would I know your password? Nope, there's no start button. You've had a Mac for five years. Try my name. Try the dog's name. Try the other dog's name. Try my name with a one. Do you see the Wi-Fi symbol? I have no idea if you have an Instagram account. It's like a tiny rainbow. If you don't like them, you don't have to accept their friend request. So highlight the text with your mouse. This is my fault. I made you this way. Just drag the mouse across the text. I should have taught you how to use the TiVo. Double click, like... Tap, tap. I'm not getting impatient. Just real quick, like, tap, tap. I'm not upset with you. What I'm hearing is, tap, tap. Oh, my f***ing God. Awesome. So, just press Command V. 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 Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. V. V. Yes, I know you taught me how to use a spoon. V is in Victor. Are you looking at the screen? I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Tap, tap. I have to hang up. I have to hang up. Tap, tap. It's because I love you that I have to hang up. Wait, really? That should work. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, boy. That is funny. Oh, v. boy. <laughs> I'm hearing click, click. <laughs> oh, man. I've gone through that. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. I like the text. No, no, no with your mouse. <laughs> it looks like a little rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't I don't appreciate the ageism. <laughs> Accurate oh, as it may be. Oh. Yeah. Hey, listen, you might want to check out, if you missed it, a podcast of our conversation with Tim Sandifer, a longtime friend of the A&G show, Tim the Lawyer uh, from the Goldwater Institute, who's talking about the flaming flaws in law. Really, the, the lie is the premise of the 1619 Project, which just won the Pulitzer Prize, um, further discrediting the Pulitzer Prize people. But, you know, the premise of the thing is that America was founded the revolution took place to perpetuate slavery, and the founding fathers were really interested in keeping it going and the rest of it, when the, the truth is is practically the opposite of that. And the other thing that really bothered me, having read chunks of the 1619 Project, was their assessment of Lincoln. And um, and there's actually a piece in the New York Times that I saw the other day by Alan Gulzo. But he's talking about the same thing that bothered me. And back in 1862, Lincoln was talking about colonization outside the U.S., that the U.S. would buy and establish a giant colony and the freed slaves could go live there. And according to the 1619 Project people, this uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones that Lincoln appeared to be asking the once oppressed to volunteer to remove themselves from the place where they had been oppressed so their oppressors could breathe more freely. He believed, adds Hannah Jones, that free black people were a troublesome presence, incompatible with a democracy intended only for white people. Um, He actually invited a committee of black men to the White House, read them a prepared statement, and urged them to recruit volunteers for this idea. But, as the piece in the New York Post points out, The way Hannah Jones describes it is completely loses all of the subtlety of the time. No president before Lincoln had ever dared hint at putting an end to American slavery. Lincoln, however, had never made any secret of his anti-slavery convictions. He said, I am naturally anti-slavery. If slavery is not wrong, nothing is wrong. I cannot remember when I did not think so and feel. 
But he also knew he had no power to act unilaterally. And even, uh, you know, northern abolitionists, abolitionists were some were afraid of freed black people. And so it was a sop to them, the whole colonization thing. He said, look, you know, if it's not working, maybe they can go establish another place and go live there. Uh, to, to twist that into the idea that Lincoln hated black people and was pretty sympathetic to slavery is just, it's a terrible lie. I mean, it's, it's just, it so twists the truth. And, and it ignores the fact that having, you know, this horrible blot on our nation and our conscience for this long, unknotting it was not going to be hard. I mean, Lincoln, not only was the Civil War thing an impossible thing to deal with, but ending slavery and dealing with the aftermath of it was nearly impossible. It's a shame he got assassinated, because I think he would have done a hell of a lot better job than Andrew Johnson and and a lot of other people. But, yeah, the 1619 Project is just, you know, it it serves its purpose, as Tim pointed out. Um, But, man, did they twist everything to fit a narrative. You know, they might say, well, the, the, the conventional history you're taught in schools did the same thing. And I would say you're right to some extent. Uh, but yeah. neither is great. How about a little even-handedness? But over-teaching on the other side to try to counterweight the momentum of the history of like it just it's that's not the way the truth works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, you, you, you don't no, just no. average out both wrong teachings right. and then we right. wind up with the, the actual right. thing. That is if correct. you have one crowd screaming she's a saint and the other one screaming she's a whore, that doesn't mean, leave you thinking she's a she's a really lovely young woman. Somewhere in the middle, right? <laughs> Yeah. You know, I really like that one. If you've got a new idea, you could send it to us. How do you want people to send them to us? Or a meal, mailbag or whatever? Uh, yeah, sure. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Anyway, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, how about a final thought from everybody on the crew, like Michelangelo, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael? You know, if I had told you eight weeks ago that gas would be under $2 and there'd be a shortage on beef, toilet paper, and cleaning supplies... Yeah, I thought I was crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Strange times. Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought for you? Final muffin count for me today. The uh, the banana nut, butterscotch, oh, chocolate. I had four. You did? I had four, yeah, yeah. I went two and thought I can't do another. They were rich. Ooh, well, you have a gift, Ooh. Sean. Have you ever thought of the world of competitive eating? I, I Did you hear about the time I ate a bunch of hot dogs in a week? <laughs> yeah, I do. It was impressive, I too. I remember that. Yeah, Jack, a final thought from you? While Governor Cuomo in New York tipping his cap today to the idea that the virus may have been here late last year. It didn't show up in February and March. So that really seems to be the prevailing notion on both ends of the country now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my final thought, I'm going to change at the last second. The crowd that is soft on China because they hate Trump are truly deranged. China is so guilty of so much in this horrific worldwide pandemic. You can believe that and not like Donald J. at the same time. I do. You people, you, you think you're so sophisticated. You, evidently, you're just simpletons. Can't keep both those thoughts in your head at the same time. Um, looking at somebody's op-ed, I believe Tara Reid, but I'm voting for Joe Biden anyway. Well, that's an interesting one. I'll have to look into that. Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. I know tomorrow we're also going to get into the whole mask truthers, uh, people that refuse to wear masks and how that fits in with ideology and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Armstrong and Yeti wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. 
I believe Carol Baskin. I'm voting Joe Exotic anyway. <laughs> so many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of our podcasts are there, including the one with Tim Standifer. Love to hear from you. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. That's, that might be my favorite all-time song. Uh, we will see you tomorrow with the latest, because that's what we do. God bless America. You're having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's good. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing I'm not going to answer this question again. Armstrong and Getty.